0: Hi there and welcome to the homeschool sisters podcast i'm kate and i'm a homeschooling mom doing this homeschool thing right beside you i don't have it all figured out but one thing i know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side join me and other down-to-earth members of the homeschool community as we share the reality of what this homeschooling journey is really like hi sisters I am coming to you with a poolside professional development episode. This has been a request from the community. I've received a whole bunch of emails asking for it to start back up again. We will include all links to all books mentioned during this episode in the show notes. So you don't have to write the titles and authors down. You can go to the show notes and they'll all be there because I'm going to be sharing quite a few titles with you today. This is a bonus episode. It was a special request. We have been releasing podcasts twice a month, every other week, and I squeezed this one in. So you're going to have three back-to-back before it gets back to every other week. Next week, I have Vanessa Wright on, and it was an unbelievably fun and fantastic conversation. So you're going to want to tune in next Friday to catch that one. And then after that episode, we'll be back to every other week. If you are a book lover, I would encourage you to listen to the episode that we had a few episodes back with Christy, Christy kindness, mischief on Instagram is an amazing reader. And she creates these beautiful reading journals at the end of the year, and she shares all of her statistics. So she figures out which genres she's been reading and how much fiction, how much nonfiction, how much memoir. It is so beautifully done. You need to see it. Okay. So without further ado, I'm going to start with what I am currently reading. Right now, I am reading Ruth Ware, The It Girl. If you like suspense and mystery type books, you probably already know about her, but I got this book at the airport. We went down to Tennessee for April vacation and I read very well down there and I ended up running out of books. So I made a couple impulse purchases at the airport, much to my husband's chagrin because I have (laughs) two There are too many books here to begin with, but Ruth Weaver was the one that I picked, and so I'm reading that right now. Okay, so I'm going to share the nonfiction books that I'm reading. If you've been a sister's listener for any length of time, you already know that Kara and I both adore the book Simplicity Parenting by Kim John Payne. I reread it annually, at least once annually. It's like a reset for me, it's often during the summer or at the beginning of the school year. And I'm going to be doing that again this summer, like I do every summer. But I am also reading one of his more recent books, Raising Emotionally Resilient Tweens and Teens. I might have changed those words around a little bit, but it's, it's about raising emotionally resilient teenagers and tweens. I have it in my car right now, so I don't have it here to show you, but Karen, I recorded an episode during the pandemic with Ken and John Payne. We are still pinching ourselves that it happened. He referred to himself as a homeschool uncle, and we will never, ever forget it. And I am delighted and so excited that he is going to be joining us in Nevermore Learning this month. Simplicity Parenting is our May 2023 NBL partner, and Kim Jong Payne is our guest speaker. We're going to be talking both about the importance of having empty space and open hours for our children and teenagers, but also touching upon. How to Raise Emotionally Resilient Tweens and Teens. The other books that I'm reading, and I have these here to show you, I am partway through There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather by Linda McGurk. You may have already read this. This is a very popular one. Linda McGurk is a blogger at Rain or Shine Mama, and she's been featured all over the place. Linda is Swedish-American. She was born in Sweden and lived here for a bit. She's back in Sweden, and she is a huge advocate for play-based learning and nature education and spending time outside. I'm reading this one right now because we are doing a book club and nevermore learning this summer and this is our first of two books. So we're going to read this in in May of 2023 and June of 2023 and we're going to have discussion threads for each chapter within the community. And at the end of June, we're going to meet for a very low key book club where we're going to talk about this one. And then starting in July or before, if people are done, it's very low key. We keep things fun and low key. We are going to be reading Linda's other book, The Open Air Life. And we will be doing the same thing. We'll have discussion threads for each chapter throughout the month of July. And we will have a low key meetup at the end of July to talk about it. And then on August, First, Linda is joining us to talk about both of these books. So, these are the two books that I'm reading right now. I'm really excited about it because I have always been a huge fan of the outdoors. One of the biggest benefits I see from homeschooling now, especially having two that are trying public school, I am just so grateful that my kids had so much time outside during the school day. We just spent so much time outdoors and they are so connected to nature and they take care of the world around them. I think it's just so important. I think it's so good for your mental health and your physical health. And I cannot wait to talk with Linda in August about these two books. Those are what I'm reading right now or what I'm gonna be reading in a second. Let's see. I have So I have memoir, which is actually my favorite genre. I only have three memoirs that I'm planning to read right now, but that might change as the summer goes on. If I stumble upon any, I only have two fiction, which is unusual for me in summer. And then I have a bunch of nonfiction that I am hoping to read. So I'm going to share with you. First, I'm going to share. I'm someone who reads multiple books and I'll often have a book or, or a few books that in the morning I read a chapter of or a passage from. So I'm going to show you the ones that I'm in the middle of doing right now. I just kind of rotate them right here. They're like perfect books for just reading one page a day or one chapter a day. The first one is the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. My friend Kate sent this to me for Christmas and I haven't had a chance to dive into it yet. I've been saving it because this year was bananas. Kate is opening a bookstore. She always picks the best books. She picks the best games too. And we are a very difficult family to pick books and games for because we just read constantly and have so many games. So Kate's books are always fantastic. And John Green, if you're a John Green fan, has endorsed it on the back. He said, creates beautiful new words that we need but do not yet have. And the description is, because you might be saying, is this that sounds sad, right, Kate? The Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows defines new words for emotions that we all feel but don't have the language to express. By turns, poignant, relatable, and mind-bending. A truly original book, The Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, is for anyone who enjoys a shift in perspective, pondering the ineffable feelings that make up our lives, which have far more in common than we think. And they include an example on the back. Sonder, noun, the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, and inherited craziness an epic story that continues invisibly around you like an anthill sprawling deep underground with elaborate passageways to a thousand other lives that you'll never know exist, in which you might appear only once as an extra sipping coffee in the background, as a blur of traffic passing on the highway, as a lighted window at dusk. It's set up so that it's almost like a dictionary on the inside. I'm really excited to read it, but this is the perfect type of book to read just a little bit each day because you're learning vocabulary words that you're unfamiliar with, right? So I thought that was such an interesting read. So I have this on my nightstand and when I wake up in the morning, I read either a a little bit from this one or I read an old favorite, Katrina Kennison. I just talked about Kim Jong-Payne, and how he is a favorite author that Kara and I both adore. And another author that we both bonded over was Katrina Kennison, who also came on the podcast. I'll make sure to include links to both of those episodes in the show notes. They're both soul-filling episodes, but Katrina Kennison wrote a number of books and I love them all. But Moments of Seeing is the one that she mentioned on the podcast that she was on with us. It was her most recent one at the time. It's a collection of beautiful essays from her blog i'm going to read the last paragraph of the back because i think it gives you a good glimpse into what the book is like if you haven't read any of her other works so it is with that that we begin to discover the sacred in the everyday we learn to embrace rather than deny the wealth of experience an ordinary life can hold and we find in these pages the very companionship we seek for the bewildering bewitching journey through midlife and beyond So that's called Moments of Seeing, Reflections from an Ordinary Life by Katrina Kennison. And then the third book that I have on my nightstand right now that I'm reading snippets of is The Wisdoms of Sundays, Life-Changing Insights from Super Soul Conversations by Oprah Winfrey. And I think everyone is aware of that one, but that is what is on my nightstand at present. Okay, what should we do next? I think I'm going to do memoirs next. My husband got me this for maybe for Christmas. I'm not sure. It is called Freckled, a memoir of growing up wild in Hawaii. And it's written by T.W. Neal. I love memoirs. They are my favorite genre by far. And this one on the back says for fans of the Glass Castle and educated, both of which I adored It's mystery author Toby Neal's personal story of surviving a wild childhood in paradise. I love Hawaii. We went there once, and I have such vivid memories of Kauai, and that is where this takes place our honeymoon was in Kauai. i haven't read it yet but i think he did a good job picking this one out because it's my favorite genre it takes place in a favorite place and the glass castle and educated are both memoirs that have stuck with me for many many years so i'm looking forward to reading that one This one I pre-ordered and it just got here. It's called You Could Make This Place Beautiful, a memoir by Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith is a poet and I'm sure that you know her poem Good Bones that goes viral pretty frequently on the interwebs, but she's also written Golden Rod and Keep Moving. I really like her writing, And so I was excited to see that she had a memoir coming out and I pre-ordered it. So it was one of those things that I pre-ordered it ages ago when she first announced it and it showed up and it was like a surprise. It was like a gift from Kate Pass. So I was very excited about that. The other book that I've been dying to read that was recommended to me by a number of friends is called Heavy, an American Memoir by Keith Lehman. And I hope I'm pronouncing his first name correctly. I'm going to read the description for you. It has won a couple of awards here, including the Andrew Carnegie Medal for Excellence in Nonfiction. The description is, in this powerful and provocative memoir, Keith Lehman fearlessly explores what the weight of a lifetime of secrets, lies, and deception does to a Black body, a Black family, and the nation teetering on the brink of moral collapse. From his early experiences to his life as a college professor, Lehman charts his complex relationship with his family, weight, sex, gambling, and writing defiant, vulnerable, and insightful, heavy names, secrets, laymen spent a lifetime avoiding and asked all of us to confront the terrifying possibility that few of us know how to responsibly love. And like I said, that was recommended by several of my friends and I have had it on my list for a while. I'm going to do the two fiction that I have. I think it's so strange that I have two fiction for summer, but it's just the phase that I'm in. So the first one, I think everybody has read, I am so late to this game. It's Bear Town by Frederick Backman. He wrote A Man Called O, which I absolutely loved and many other books, but I have been wanting to read this. My husband got it. I may have even gotten it for him. And then he let a friend borrow it and it just came back. So I am planning to read this one. Everyone I know who has read it has adored it. And then I want to read The Sweetness of Water by Nathan Harris. It was long listed for the 2021 Booker Prize, and it was an Oprah book club pick, it looks like, in 2021. And then I have this weird thing, and I know I've mentioned this in previous poolside episodes, where I will always read the back covers of nonfiction books to see if I like them. But when it's a fiction book, I don't want to know anything about it. So like this one I know is about hockey. And I know that because my husband lent it to a friend whose whole family is hockey obsessed. And also, I guess by the cover (laughs) has hockey on it. And I know that I like the author. So that's all I want to know about it. So I'm not going to read the back to you of this one. And same thing with The Sweetness of Water. I know that it takes place during the Civil War. And I know that my friends who have read it have really enjoyed it. So for fiction, I'm just really weird like that. And I like to go into a blind. (laughs) If you're like that too, let me know. Leave a comment on the show notes or send us a voicemail or something. I think I think readers have quirks, and I think that's one of mine. Okay, my nonfiction stack is very tall, so I'm going to start. They it kind of comes in themes. There's two main themes, and then some random nonfiction. So I'm going to start with one of the random nonfiction books first, and then I'll get, I'll get into the ones that are kind of on a theme. This book is called Gory Details, Adventures from the Dark Side of Science, and it's written by Erica Engelhaupt, who's a National Geographic writer and editor. It's hardcover, and I got it is in the used bin. I, I love science, and I have a couple kids who love science, and I know this is going to be a book that I will read and then other people will read as well. The description is, be afraid, be very afraid. With wicked wit and a dash of morbid curiosity, this provocative narrative from the author of National Geographic's popular gory details blog takes us on a fascinating journey through an astonishing new reality where our weirdest and wildest fascinations will be illuminated. No subject is off limits for the acclaimed science reporter Erica Engelhaupt, who boldly investigates the gross, the taboo and the morbid, as well as the absurd realities of our bodies and our universe. From the world's most murderous mammals to the research biologist who stung himself with every conceivable insect, from the mites who live in our faces to the most sordid sex in the animal kingdom, here are oft ignored but surprisingly alluring facets of biology, nature, space, psychology, and more. Featuring top-notch reporting, interviews with leading scientists, and a large dose of humor, this entertaining book answers all of the questions you are afraid to ask and reveals real-world applications of science in all their glory. I guess this maybe has a little bit of a theme, too, because the next book Is by Mary Roach. I don't know if anyone has read Mary Roach's books before. I'm immediately thinking of Stiff, which is the curious life of human cadavers. And it's kind of reminding me of this gory details description here. But she's written a whole bunch of other books. And this one is called Fuzz When Nature Breaks the Law. And again, it's by Mary Roach. And the description is What's to be done about a jaywalking moose, a bear caught breaking and entering, a murderous tree? 300 years ago, animals that broke the law would be assigned legal representation and put on trial. These days, as New York Times bestselling author Mary Roach discovers, the answers are best found not in jurisprudence, but in science. The curious science of human-wildlife conflict, a discipline at the crossroads of human behavior and wildlife biology. Roach tags along with animal attack forensic investigators, human-elephant conflict specialists, bear managers, and danger tree faller blasters. Intrepid as ever, she travels from leopard-terrorized hamlets in the Indian Himalaya to St. Peter's Square in the early hours before the Pope arrives for Easter Mass when vandal gulls swoop in to destroy the elaborate floral display. She taste-tests rat bait, learns how to install a vulture effigy, and gets mugged by a macaw. Combining little-known forensic science and conservation genetics with a motley cast of laser scarecrows, Langer impersonators, and trespassing squirrels, Roach reveals as much about humanity as about nature's lawbreakers. When it comes to problem wildlife, she finds humans are more often the problem and the solution. Fascinating, witty and humane fuzz offers hope for compassionate coexistence in our ever expanding human habitat. I have never read a book by Mary Roach that I didn't find extraordinarily fascinating so I am looking forward to that one. And then this is another popular one that I feel like everyone has read and I'm late to the party, but I want to read Good Inside by Dr. Becky Kennedy, a guide to being the parent you want to be. I've heard so much praise for this book. I follow her on social media. I've enjoyed the interviews that I've heard when she's been on various podcasts. And so I'm looking forward to reading that one too. Okay. And then I have two main themes for my other nonfiction books. The first one I'm going to call focus and distraction. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure this one has been mentioned in a previous poolside professional development because it's a frequent read around the Curly House, but I've often recommended smart, but scattered to people, especially families whose children are struggling with attention and executive functioning challenges. There is a teen version it's called Smart, But Scattered for Teens. And it's by Richard Guerre, Peg Dawson, and Colin Guer, And it's excellent. And I have one child who has always struggled with attention, concentration, executive functioning and continues to, and could be the poster child for ADHD and would say that himself. And then I have another child who was very, very organized, and then hormones hit, and she's not anymore. (laughs) So I feel like we're a sea of forgetfulness, misplaced Chromebooks, phone cords, shoes, jackets, and so I just think summer is a great time to give this a reread while everyone is out of school and relaxing so that maybe we can come up with some new ideas to help the teens become a little bit more organized. I would highly recommend that it's not the first time I'll be reading it. Then I'm actually, I should have included this earlier. I'm reading this one slowly currently. It's called Indistractable, how to control your attention and choose your life by Nir Ale. I hope, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I have been a follower of his blog for years. I Love what he produces. I think it's really interesting to think about how our society is so much more destructible now than it was when we were growing up. And I think that no matter how focused we think we are, I think we were more focused, you know, before the internet. You know what I mean? So I followed his blog for years. I love his content. I majored in psychology. I'm fascinated with human behavior. I have two kids who are having trouble right now focusing on things and are highly distractible. I feel like since becoming a mother, I'm more distractible than I used to be just because you're the frontal lobe for the entire family. I feel like I used to be more able to focus and concentrate on things for longer periods of time. I think it's interesting to think about free internet. And even if you think you're a focused person, I think we've all lost some of that focus. And so this book is about how we're living in a distracted society and kind of how to combat that. On the back, it says an indistractable behavior designer reveals the hidden psychology driving you to distraction, empowering and optimistic. This is the book that will help you design your time, realize your ambitions and live the life you really want. And then along the same lines, don't you like how the, the author of the indistractable and hooked books uses yellow, which is the first color that the mind registers. It's just like pop. He's, he knows how to get your attention. I just thought it was interesting marketing. He also wrote a book called Hooked, and it's about how to build habit-forming products. And the description says, how do successful companies create products people can't put down? Why do some products capture widespread attention while others flop? What makes us engage with certain products out of sheer habit? Is there any pattern underlying how technologies hook us? In this book, they answer these questions and many more by explaining the HOOK model, a four-step process embedded into the products of many successful companies to encourage customer behavior. Through consecutive HOOK cycles, these products reach their ultimate goal of bringing users back again and again without depending on costly advertising or aggressive messaging. Hooked is based on years of research, consulting, and practical experience. I've been fascinated for a long time by marketing and the psychology behind marketing and how we tend to buy the products that we grew up with. Like if you were a Colgate family, you probably use Colgate now. If you were a Crest family, you probably use Crest now. I just think it's fascinating to think about why and how are we finding these products and sticking with them and why do we feel so strongly about them when we really don't maybe know much about them. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's something that's always been interesting to me. So I'm looking forward to reading that. And then my last three books all kind of have a theme and they are lighter play-based. They're more of my poolside professional development reading for Neverboard Learning. I always love to read about play and finding joy in the ordinary. And so I'm going to share these with you. The first is Joyful by Ingrid Fattel-Lee. This author also has a blog and I followed her forever. Ingrid is a designer and the founder of the website, The Aesthetics of Joy. And the book has an endorsement from Susan Kane, who wrote Quiet on the back of it. And it says, this book has the power to change everything. Writing with depth, wit, and insight, Ingrid Fatale Lee shares all you need to know in order to create external environments that give rise to inner joy. And I think it kind of goes in line with the Huga theme that Kara and I have talked about before, just how we can take our spaces that we're spending time in and make it so that they just bring us more joy just naturally. You know, when you walk into someone's house and they have like a really cozy room and you just feel good being in that space, how do you create that at home? So she's a designer who talks about that. And so I'm, I'm going to be reading that one. And then I have The Fun Habit, How the Pursuit of Joy and Wonder Can Change Your Life by Mike Rucker. And clearly- <laughs> You can see why I picked this one. If we're all about making homeschooling more fun and games. I saw this and I was like, yes, into the card it goes. So the cover says, every person on the planet is in one way or another on a quest to find happiness. But doesn't it seem that the more we seek happiness, the more elusive and out of reach it becomes? There is an easy fix, hiding in plain sight. Fun. And I'll read one more paragraph here from the cover. So why fun? If happiness is a mirage, then fun is your backyard oasis. While happiness is a state of mind and a reaction to your circumstances, fun is an action you can take here and now, practically anywhere, anytime. Research has shown that pursuing fun is enormously beneficial to our physical and psychological well-being, yet fun's absence from our modern adult lives is striking. I can't wait to read this. It says that the author is a health expert and behavioral scientist. I am looking forward to that one and I'm gonna read it back to back with my next one here, The Power of Fun, How to Feel Alive Again, by Katherine Price. And you might know Katherine Price because she wrote the book, How to Break Up With Your Phone. And I think a lot of people have read that. I'll read a little bit from the cover so you can get a sense of what it's about. In this follow-up to her hit book, How to Break Up With Your Phone, science journalist and Screen Life Balance founder, Katherine Price, argues persuasively that our productivity-focused, tech-addicted culture has led us to obsess over hacking our way to happiness without recognizing that real happiness lies in the everyday experience of fun. Instead, we think of fun as indulgent, even immature and selfish. We claim not to have time for it, even though we spend hours a day on what Price calls fake fun, binging on television, doom-scrolling the news, or posting photos to social media, all in hope of fulfilling some of the emptiness we feel inside. In The Power of Fun, Price makes the case that far from being frivolous, true fun, which she defines as the magical confluence of playfulness, connection, and flow, gives us the fulfillment we so desperately seek. So again, these last two ones, The Power of Fun by Katherine Price and The Fun Habit by Mike Rucker. I think they look like they're going to have a great deal of overlap and a lot of science and behavioral science, which is totally up my alley because I really believe that homeschooling should be more fun than we allow, that parenting should be more fun than we allow. And it's one of the reasons why I started talking about game schooling on my little poppies ages ago and why I started our Facebook group eons ago, which I closed to open Neverboard Learning because Facebook was decidedly getting to be unfun, and so we t- we took it off Zuckerberg's face, and we made it fun again, so those are the books I will be trying to read this summer, like I said, fall is always crazy, so I never end up doing a follow-up, but Kara and I have been joking for years that we really need to do a follow-up, because, you know, we voxer during the summer, and we'll say, like, oh, I'm reading that one that we talked about, or Yeah. I've barely read any of the books that I thought I was going to read. And instead I got hooked on this whole series and I'm just binging the series, or I decided that I was really into fiction instead of nonfiction or vice versa. So it'll be fun to see how many of these I actually read and what I read instead of the ones that I don't read. So hopefully I'll, I can make that follow-up happen in the fall. I hope you have a great day, sisters. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. Hey sisters, Kate here. As a lifelong gamer, school psychologist, and homeschool mom, I have witnessed time and time again, the power of play when it comes to learning. In fact, I truly believe that homeschooling can be almost all fun and games. Now does that mean it's gonna be all sunshine, rainbows, and laughter? Heck to the no way. But I do believe we could all be having a heck of a lot more fun. A playful mindset can transform your homeschool routine and your family life. The best part? You don't need an overflowing game closet to get started. You can be a game schooler today with just a deck of cards, and I'd love to show you how. That's why I created Never Bored Learning. Never Bored Learning is a private online community for creative parents and educators who embrace play-based learning and game schooling. The goal of Never Bored Learning is to play more and learn lots in the process. Your Never Bored Learning membership includes access to monthly guest speakers, live Q and A's, monthly day in the life family spotlights, and an ever-growing library filled with printable resources, including documentation resources, challenges, and print and play games and activities. But the very best part of NBL is the private online community forum. This is not a Facebook group, and it is hands down my favorite spot on the internet. The community is a vibrant one filled with creative parents and educators. I wake up every morning before my kids, I pour myself that very first cup of coffee, and I hang out in the MBL Community Forum. It's my favorite way to start the day. And I'd love to see you there. If you'd like to learn more about Neverboard Learning, visit neverboardlearning.com. That's N E V E R B O A R D L E A R N I N G.com. And if you're not ready for a monthly commitment, but you're interested in getting your feet wet with game schooling, I invite you to sign up for our free seven-day game school kickstart, which you can find on mylittlepoppies.com, or enroll in our digital course, Game Schooling 101. I can't wait to show you the power that play can have on your homeschool and family life. I wish you a play-filled year, sisters. Chat soon. Bye for now.